And I know we have to come up with infographic to make this more clear and to make it more transparent, but let me know if what I said makes sense to you. Brilliant. Well, again, uh, whilst we let people uh, type up quickly, I've got two shorter questions. Uh, one, again, from Skellen saying, how many people do we want in our board? And then the second one is from Rulu saying, will the fund be operated for a fixed period of time since you cited the idea of locking up the f- the f- funds, uh, sorry, locking up funds from institutional investors, for example, for three to seven years? Yeah, so the fund will run for uh, anywhere between three to seven years. Uh, depending on what makes sense once we launch it, it's probably going to be like around like four or five years, I would guess. Um, What was the the first question regarding the the board members? Um, Yeah, I mean, it will be between five and 10 people. I have a really quick question for you guys, if you can hear me. Yes. Um, So if you are linking with the utility token that you just talked about, if you are linking part of the value of the utility token to the hedge fund's performance, do you not run a risk of uh, being being labeled a security? Oh yeah, for sure. 100% it's going to be security. But there's ways around um, still making it accessible uh, to US investors. Okay, okay. As long as that was that was clear and explicit. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so, okay, so I guess you're from the US, right? No comment. <laughs> okay, so uh, for the US guys, um, there's something uh, which we're currently exploring where if you have a fund uh, where 51% from the money in that fund comes from one single investor, then the rest of that fund or the rest of that, that uh, fund's money can come from non-accredited investors. And that's something which we're currently looking into in how we can use that solution um, to accommodate uh, our US guys. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Thanks for looking yeah. into that for uh, for people who may or may not be from the US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I know we are, you know, it's it's hurting us by not having the the engagement from the US and not having, you know, the the access to the US community uh, or by not having the ability to reward the US community uh, as I would like to do. So, you know, that's something which I know we have to get out of, of the way as soon as possible. And I also see that there might be like a, a dead end on the VC side where as long as you guys want to participate on your own in those deals individually, I'm, I don't think that there will be a solution for that. Um, but I think that the, the fund can be a very interesting vehicle where you guys can do everything 100% legitimately and, um, you know, we can do it as well. And, you know, we will be in good standing with the SEC and everyone will be happy at the end of the day. So going forward, do you see yourself uh, focusing more on the hedge fund or the, the crypto fund? Um, and then letting guys like Scrout and Inferno kind of lead the the VC deals. No, so what you have to understand is that it's yeah, both both sides are incredibly synergistic to each other. Meaning, the deals which we close on either side are going to benefit the other side. So let's say we close we, we close Orky for example for the hedge fund. You no. Know, 
the VC side will get exposure to Oki as well. All the all the the fund really does is give us more leverage in getting bigger and better deals, and then the community on the VC end is going to benefit very much from the uh, bigger and better deals, obviously, because now you know it takes like literally it takes a zero effort to sign two soft agreements, one for a million bucks and one for two hundred k for the community, for example. But then we have the you know the ability of our board of opening up various stores, which we currently cannot open up ourselves for seed rounds and equity rounds, for example, where, you know, in order for you get you guys in or, you know, for, for us to get uh, the VC side in, uh, there will have to be a lot of selling. But if you have the, the hedge fund and if you have the leverage, you know, we can open up the stores, we can let the VC side uh, participate and there's uh, much less barriers to what we're currently doing. So, you know, no matter which side I focus on at the moment, you know, it's going to be uh, greatly benefiting uh, both sides. So that they, I don't really differentiate between those two uh, simply because it's, it's pretty much the same thing. So it's just an additional avenue for exposure for the deals that you are closing or seeking out on, on one side or the other. 100%. And it's also a solution for the US guys where... I don't see any other way for us to be able to facilitate facilitate that, except through that fund. Okay, interesting. One one last really short question that's kind of unrelated, but um, when we bring in other people um, and sharing VVV with them, are you okay with us sharing those uh, one pager one pager summaries that um, Scrout and the others have? Developed oh yeah, for, for sure. The no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That so. Unless, and we will have this in, in the future, unless you sign an NDA agreement, you know, you're free to share everything. Like everything which you can see publicly in the service, you know, is, um, you know, is completely fine to share. We, are, we, ha- we already have like a, a secret uh, channel for the internal team and we will soon um, open that up slowly for people who are KYC and for people who can sign uh, NDA agreements just to get more eyes in, but we have like a, we have a ton of confidential material, which we cannot share uh, just because of the, you know, the risk that comes with it of, of actually ruining the deal. Uh, but we have a lot of stuff, which I think is super interesting for more people to see. And even if they cannot talk about it openly or, or, or about specifics, you know, it's going to be very reassuring to everyone that we are doing something great here and that, you know, what we're doing actually has a high probability of success in the future. Okay, perfect. I, I assumed that. I just didn't, uh, I just wanted to make that. No, cool. No, no, thanks for asking. It's, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and in so, relation to that, oh, forgive me. Yeah, I just, let me just answer one question uh, because I've seen this come up from Subdat, I think two times now. Uh, so he's asking what happens if we, if we have participated in let's say 10 deals, and then we sell the phase one NFT. We still we can still access receive tokens easily. Yes, so there's no need for you to hold the NFT after you have claimed an allocation. The allocations are not going to be um, tied to your NFT. The allocations are always going to be tied to a specific wallet which you submitted, and we will uh, publish the, the wallets uh, which we have recorded soon, and you will be able to update them if you want to. Um, but you will not have to have the NFT in your wallet 
to claim the tokens or to to receive them and you also and that's a super important point for me you do not have to mint the nft to claim the tokens which have uh uh bought uh since we started out in the server you know i i deliberately design everything in a way where you're never pressured to do anything which you don't like to do and you're never pressured to hold anything which you don't see any value in holding and this goes also back to the hedge fund nft like you might get whitelisted through holding the season one nft but i mean you don't have to buy the fucking hedge fund nft right i I really mean it i don't want anyone to be like feeling like he has to buy everything which you're bringing to the community after all I, i want to 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 do things which get you guys excited and you know if uh you know the the things which stridel brought up where you know if you don't see eye to eye with me you know i'm very open to discuss everything to discuss the fees and you know to to have a a fair argument about everything which we have lined up um and then you know i'm very open to to pivot and to come your way and to find solutions you know which are the best possible for the community i'm certainly not looking into uh, exploiting the community, uh, I'm I'm not looking to uh, leverage you guys for me to make money. Um, obviously, you know there's always a, a financial motive on our end as well, but it always has to be in balance with the upside for the community. I, I'm only comfortable making a shit ton of money if I make you guys more money, and you know that's that's pretty much the concept which I've been following uh, since we started out and. As, as long as we always see eye to eye with you know the money uh, which we make and the money w- which we are generating for you, I think we're in a very good place. This is um, um, this is Scarla. Yes. I had a quick question, if that's okay. Sure. Um, so, I, and this kind of touches on a couple of the points that uh, you touched on earlier with um, the idea of no one holding too many of a. Uh, the particular NFT, but I know there'll also be benefits to the holders in um, maybe this, uh, this token. So I guess my question would be if in trying to um, help, I could see someone say like, okay, well, I want to help build and I want to give as much as I can, not just in the, you know, because uh, y'all aren't taking a margin. So in buying more of the NFTs to say, okay, well, we want to support, um, the growth of the fund, but it would also mean that they're holding more. So how do you see that balancing between someone wanting to like su- both support the crypto fund and support y'all in building it and also to some extent speculating on, you know, uh, that this is an awesome project and it's going to do great things, but also not um, blocking others from investing or or creating a barrier to entry of new um, good participants what how do you see that split well the thing is unless and you know again this is not financial advice and I, i'm not promising anyone to make any money off, off the nft but i you know unless you guys uh, not you guys but you know generally speaking the collective you unless you mint the nft i would probably say that you're out of luck regarding low barrier of entry because i'm only going to do this once at 0.15 ETH, and then you know the, the the value is going to be established on the open market and if the if the floor price goes to one two or three ETH, i mean you know i'm I, i'm not going to work against it and i'm not going to come up with mechanisms 
to lower that to get people in again at a low price. I mean, this is like, you know, CDFI was a great deal when they launched as well, right? And now you like they launched, I don't know, like two years ago or whatever. And, you know, now the tokens are completely overpriced and it's pretty much a nonsense model. Um, but, you know, it, you always will get rewarded for being early. And now regarding um, the, you know, whales, you know, maybe um, potentially um, hurting the project by, you know, becoming too supportive. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I, I mean, the, the fair distribution starts and ends with the mint. Uh, you know, I have some, you know, like the incentives which we spoke about earlier, we don't want to incentivize someone holding 50 or 100 NFTs. But I mean, if someone wants to go crazy and buy a, a shit ton of NFTs, you know, why, why, would I, why would I be worried about, you know, that potentially hurting us? I think, you know, if someone is really convicted and if someone is holding a, a big bag and is willing to spend the money on it, you know, then, then please go ahead and do so. And then we have the, the value increase in the NFT. Some other people might be able to sell and make a profit. And, you know, to me, that's the, the, the market is always right. So, you know, if, if, uh, if like a hundred people see so much value that they want to drop a million bucks on, on the collection, I mean, so be it, right. Then I have to work with that. Um, but I, I would be stunned if that would actually happen. That makes sense. Thank you. I just um, want to make sure that I'm doing the best thing for the collection. No, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I, and maybe, uh, you know, I should have said this also a little bit sooner. I'm, I'm very much aware that uh, we have a lot of people in here who bought the quantum pass at like one ETH or two ETH. And, you know, God forbid, they maybe even bought like two or three, four of them. And they bought it based on me being a part of Spectre and me bringing in those deals and so on. And now they, you know, they lost a lot of value in the NFT they're holding. Trust me, I, I'm very much aware of this. And the reason why we have the multi-min is because I want to reward those who maybe placed a big bet on me personally. I want to make sure that I'm getting them in a position where I can make it right by them going forward. And to me, the, the only way to do this is uh, to... Daddy, you know, and it, it sounds it sounds fucking cheesy, but you know, it, it's it's still true. To to dedicate my life to this and to build something for eternity, and you know, I know in in the fast paced crypto space, you know, eternity might be a little bit overboard. But I'm you know I'm here to stay, and I'm I'm building this to last. And I, I'm I see a once in a lifetime opportunity with the the model which we have with the DVC investments are an exceptional opportunity. But I think being able to draw in some of the old money from those institutional investors and getting the connect through the board of directors to Wall Street and, uh, and to really high caliber people, that's going to make the big difference for the community as well. Because now you get exposure to opportunities which simply are unheard of in the crypto space. And we also now have the, the brain power in our community and in our board to dodge all the shitty deals which are going to get thrown to a, uh, thrown uh, um, on on us like daily almost. Uh, I don't know, Stroud, how many deals you're looking at at the moment, but I mean, it's like probably like five to ten per day, right? 
Well, yeah, so that's what I was going to say was <clears throat> I just want to give a quick shout out to the three J's, uh, James, Jess, and Jesse. Uh, <laughs> they, they're doing absolutely fantastic work in the back end. Uh, we've got, as you may know, an automated um, uh, system set up to allow individuals within the community and outside of the community to propose any deals to us, uh, which then we analyze. And Jess, James, and Jesse are doing a fantastic job at just going through it. You know, sometimes, you know, sifting through some shit uh, to then find out that the raise hasn't, the raise was done, you know, months ago and the mint was already out and whatever else. Um, and also coming to us with <clears throat> these fantastic one pages. Um, we, myself, and the rest of the analyst team are going to start uh, developing a more in depth. Uh, uh, report instead of just a one pager, probably five or more pages for these uh, deals we're going to do in future. Um, and we're also going to be a little more transparent as to the deals that we are going to uh, discard or reject. And we're going to have an automated system on our end uh, for you guys to see on the Discord uh, projects that we've, you know, said, okay, we don't think this is uh, good enough or we don't think that we'll be uh, benefiting from this deal as much as we'd like to. Uh, just so then you can see, uh, you know, not that we're not doing anything in the back end, but then you can actually actively see, okay, these guys are actually looking through the projects. These guys are actually uh, seeing what being, is being proposed. And then maybe you can also see, you know, which ones, you know, has yours been accepted yet? Has yours been rejected? If not, you know, maybe that's something we're still working on. Uh, so we're just going to try and make it a little more interactive with you guys and, you know, I just, again, just wanted to shout out to those three because they're doing a fantastic job with us. Yeah, I also want to thank them. Uh, the entire not sure, maybe I have to start with thanking Scrot uh, for facilitating everything and for um, arranging everything with, with our Triple J team. And I'm also incredibly grateful for them that they have followed us and on our part of VVV and are providing us with their expertise and with their um, very ana analytical view of all the projects we're looking at at the moment because, uh, you know, it, it's impossible for a team of like two or three people to go through all of those different opportunities and still run the community and build, build uh, out the, the hedge fund and, uh, you know, other avenues <clears throat> and the, the marketing channels and so on. That's almost impossible for, you know, to do in a small team. And the, the biggest risk when you um, start building a big team is the bigger the team, the bigger the uh, fraction of people who might not perform as well anymore. If you're only two guys, you will know exactly when the other guy is not performing, right? If you're 10 guys, uh, there might be one who's not doing anything and you might not notice it until uh, some later stage. And with those guys, we really have... You know, we were extremely lucky to now have a, a team of, I think, we are now maybe like four or eight people, excuse me, yeah, six, seven, eight people uh, who are um, dividing the workload of looking the deals and doing the calls and so on. And everyone is putting their weight and everyone is 100% dedicated and motivated to really do the best job. And, you know, there, there's no one that someone, that anyone is going to fall uh, by the wayside and letting the others, uh, you know, pull along. Um, we had the, the yeah we had the luck of Scrout being able to see the talent in those people and um, making them a part of BVB. 
No, and again, we want to, you know, the Triple J's and myself and Amit, I'm sure, also would like to thank Sean for also getting this whole thing set up. And we also would like to thank Amit for being an absolute superstar. Uh, again, for helping us facilitate uh, Snickerdoodle and doing the absolute mind-bending cold calling. Uh, I've got a couple other projects that I'm going to want him to start cold calling as well, which could be in a similar you know, playing field as Snickerdoodle, so watch out for that. But you know, the, the team I think that we have at the moment is working head over heels, and uh, I think we're def- definitely going to be able to bring some fantastic stuff to everyone moving forward. Um, hey guys, a couple of follow-up questions. Um, so, do we do we have an idea of, like where uh, this company would be incorporated? Is there any advantage of being in a crypto-friendly uh, place? Yes, <clears throat> there will be. Very likely, there will be two different entities. So, we are talking about the hedge fund, right? Um, there will be two different entities. Uh, one will very likely be in the US for the U.S. investors, and one will be uh, overseas for the rest of the, um, the planet. Um, so is it like for the people outside the U.S., is it like the U.K. or is it some other place? Uh, it, it's probably going to be uh, in a... I, I can't say this definitively, uh, but it's going to be potentially in the... Uh, um, Cayman Islands, for example. Um, it might be the Seychelles. I mean, we, we, we are still looking into the best option here where, um, you know, we are also safe once the EU legislation changes. And, you know, that's going to be happening probably between, uh, probably be, uh, within the next, like, two or three years where the EU was, in quotes, bright enough to come up with a similar concept of an accredited investor where the crypto investments in the future might not be as easy to facilitate for them as they are now. So we want to find a place where we are in the best uh, position to um, still remain agile and not be um, sci- uh, not be, uh, I don't know what's the right term, you know, not get uh, the EU regulations in our way. Um, and another question is that um, are you going to attempt to do some sort of downside protection where uh, because of the cyclical nature of the markets that you would go into sort of stable coins and like something along those lines for the fund? Mm, good question. I mean, I would, I mean, we're not going to hold the liquidity in UST. I mean, that, that should be clear. Um, regarding the overall distribution of uh, risk, I would have to rely on our financial experts. But I'm, you know, if you're shooting for a high return, you will also lose out on the protection side. And I think the best protection is to not do shitty deals. And obviously, you, you cannot avoid that at all times. You will always, you know, there will always be things which go wrong, and there will always be bets which you're placing where even with all the certainty you have and even with all the due diligence and even with betting on the best possible founders, things will just go wrong, you know, by chance or just because of, you know, regulations or the market changes and so on. But if you do the, you know, if you assess the risks 
of the individual investments properly, you don't need to deal, in my opinion, you, you don't need to deal with the stable coin and, you know, potentially Bitcoin, ETH, short and, um, you know, protecting mechanisms. And if you look at the behavior of successful venture capitalists, they are successful because they make the right bets. They don't become successful because they are um, extremely conservative or because they have like a super um, sophisticated de-risking model. They, they became successful because they placed a big bet on Uber. They placed a big bet on eBay. Uh, they took uh, open table public and things like that. So in my opinion, the, the best Actually, the, the best um, protection mechanism is to be confident in your decision-making and to not go into a state where you try to retract because that's when you start losing, in, from my experience at least. Yeah, thank you so much. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, also, is there going to be like some sort of uh, opportunities with the team going forward? Do you see uh, you yourself expanding the team? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the the team right now is uh, way too small to to facilitate the the hedge fund and to facilitate um, the marketing, the community aspects, and so on. The, the reason why the team at the moment is kept to to that small size, uh, and I have to be careful, you know how, how you know for for diplomatic reasons how how transparent I, I'm going to be here, but. Um, the reason why the team at the moment is small is because I feel more secure or more efficient at the moment of doing the setup, the initial setup myself to the most part, because I, you know, I know I can rely on myself a hundred percent, right? If shit needs to get, get done, I get it done. And then I, I luckily found, uh, you know, I luckily found Scrout, um, who I can rely on as well. And I found Inferno who I can rely on. And, you know, I know these guys, they get everything done when they say they, they want to get it done. So right now I want to rely on the small team to set up the foundation. And then once that's set up, uh, we can bring in more people where, you know, initially I might not be 100% aware of how good you can actually perform. Um, so the reason for the team being small at the moment, the reason why there's no, like, real job offers being presented to the community is simply because I cannot risk inefficiency when building up the foundation. Once that's done, uh, we will look into onboarding um, potentially moderators, potentially people for the marketing aspect and so on. Uh, but for the time being, uh, it's going to be staying small probably until like July 1st or maybe like maybe one week prior or so. Uh, and then uh, we will slowly start to expand. Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, like all the insight. Uh, it's been it's been pretty useful to uh, to understand all of this. No, my pleasure, man. And I, you know, I really uh, one thing, and that's something which uh, let me let me start differently. So first of all, I, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks in Snickerdoodle, uh, Strider, because I, I really appreciate you uh, speaking up and also you know the way you outlined uh, the. Um, the different uh, points for the hedge fund and you know you 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 openly uh, raised some critique there and you know i really appreciate it 
and I think that's worth uh, rewarding. And um, thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. And th this goes back to something which I, I said, uh, Ibam. Uh, said in our Gancilla channel and uh, I didn't have the I, I want to respond in text but I, I didn't find time yet so I want to do it now in, in voice so Ibam <coughs> more or less apologized for being so um, critical with his questions and for asking so many questions and you know to me this is not something you have to apologize for because that's really the most valuable part of everything we're doing at the moment I, I want the most critical and the most skeptical questions, I want them out in the open for us to be able to address them. And if at any point in time we wouldn't be able to address the most critical question and we wouldn't be able to get over some of those hurdles, then we know that there's something wrong and that we need to fix something. So everyone who has something negative, in its, you know, not negative in the sense of being destructive, but anyone who has something uh, critical to say, even if it's, you know, maybe even on under a uh, negative uh, pre-assumption, you know, that's still the things which I want to see. I want you guys trying to poke holes in what we're building, and I want to tr want you guys to try to find something wrong with all the deals which you're bringing, because only when there's nothing left to find, when there's really nothing left which is unaddressed, only then we know that we actually have a good deal. Like once you guys are out of critique for, for a certain deal or once everything has been addressed, then we know we can go forward. Like if there's a lot of doubt and if there's a lot of you know, questions which haven't been answered, then I would much rather not do the deal. And the same thing for, for the hedge fund. If you guys find something which is actually wrong with it and if you guys find like faults in the structure which I'm planning, you know, please let me know and we're going to discuss it and we're going to change it, right? This is everything we are building is at the end of the day built for the community because without the community, like I'm without the community, I'm a nobody. Without the community, we're not going to be able to do any deals. Without the community, we're not going to be able to have fun, and we're not going to be able to build something that's going to to disrupt Wall Street. I mean, that's all only possible because you guys are here, and this is not going to change. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Everything. You guys see what you don't like, you know, always, uh, you know, send me a DM, ping me, do it in public, uh, raise your voice in VC and let's discuss it out in the open. Like, uh, you know, everything which we're doing is 100% full transparency. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing which you do is going to remain a secret. Uh, I'm curious what you uh, found, uh, like, you know, that I was critical about because I, I was not like trying to be critical about anything specifically. Oh no, no, no! I didn't mean it in a negative way. No, no, no! I, no, I meant it in the most uh, positive way possible. Uh, please don't, don't. Um, maybe yeah. I phrased it wrongly, but I meant it really in a in a positive manner. Okay, I think the I think the main uh, main thing for me is to get my friends in because they would really benefit by this. But then, like a bunch of them are in the US, so uh, I like I'm going to try to explain this whole thing to them. But I'm not sure how many people are going to get on board. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I really appreciate it. And um, regarding the explaining aspect, I know that we have to provide you guys with more, like, um, too long didn't reads and Eli fives for you guys to actually be able to pitch it to someone else who might not be uh, crypto native 
uh, who might not be, you know, who might not want to waste so much brain power of actually understanding the thing. If I, you know, if I have to explain it in like 10, 15 minutes, that's just too long. We are working on an in infographic, which is going to outline the entire concept very, um, very clearly, where it should be fairly easy to understand for anyone. Okay, someone is asking about the difference between Spectre and VVV. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to comment too much on this anymore because for me it's really difficult to bite my uh, thong and, you know, not, not pitch <coughs> VVV in a, in a way which pretty much destroys everything else around it just because I think it's the best way, uh, it's the best thing on planet Earth, and I, you know, I, I know that we will crush uh, CDFI, and I know we're going to crush Engine Star and all the sort of uh, launch bits in, in the space. And you know, I also know that none of the other VC groups, and you know, there's a variety of them out there. You know, none of these are going to uh, live up to the value which we are going to create for the community. So you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to ask something specific, but you know, in my opinion. I mean, the main difference between Spectre and VV is probably me. You know, on Spectre, you don't have me, which for some people might be a good thing because they might not like my personality. And on VVV, you have a, a project which is driven by me, and um, you will have the, the benefits which come uh, with that. One quick uh, question that was pinged uh, again. Uh, it may may have been missed, uh, but in regards to the invitations, you know, buddy invitations one to one, uh, is there a timeline on that? Well, I will make the announcement in the next couple of days. I, I still have to think through this uh, how to do it in the uh, most orderly way, where we are not overwhelmed with a shit ton of work. Um, but it will be announced, and then it will be like maybe a window of like uh, one or two weeks uh, where you guys can bring in your friends and you can um, pretty much uh, distribute whitelist spots, um, you know, according to what you deem uh, the best possible decision. Uh, and then we will see uh, how it works out. All right, uh, then let us jump into and uh, scroll, please, uh, because I'm sure I'm missing a ton of questions. Like if, if there's uh, important things which are being uh, asked, uh, please let me know um, and, and we can address them. Otherwise, I just want to uh, get into some of the next uh, topics. Uh, otherwise, we might have some people uh, <laughs> where the attention span might not be sufficient for us to, uh, to go over, over everything. Uh, but we have a couple of important things which I still want to cover quickly. So, um, as you might be aware, <clears throat> if you're from Neo Tokyo, currently we have the pre mint open for those guys from Neo Tokyo who haven't been in our survey. So, uh, in total, we had like currently, I think, like 80 citizens from Neo Tokyo who uh, came into BBB and have joined us. And that pre mint is going to be open for uh, like approximately another 24 hours, and then it's going to close forever. And <clears throat> then we will have different methods 
of evaluating people who are, who are not yet on the whitelist for them to qualify um, to become uh, whitelisted. And the first thing which we're going to do is something which I call uh, the shark test. And that's going to open up at the same time as the pre-mint for Neo Tokyo is going to close. And the shark test is going to do two different things. Um, it's going to qualify people for a wider spot. And you know that's the most uh, interesting aspect for those guys who haven't made it on the whitelist yet. But we also have a big benefit or you know big potential upside for everyone with a blue name where you can complete the shark test and everyone with a perfect score is going to get the shark roll. And the shark roll always comes with a guaranteed allocation in all deals. And it is going to come with a variety of different dollar uh, benefits. But the main function of the chakra at the moment is to be a reward system for those who have provided us with tremendous value. And the shark test is something which you cannot cheat on because it's something which is um, it's based around your personality. So your only real shot in getting a perfect score is to answer it. Um, honestly and, and even if you decide to lie you don't know what I'm looking for uh, or you don't know what the test is actually evalu evaluating so you will have a very hard time uh, you know, artificially getting towards a, a perfect score so <clears throat> I'm going to open this up on uh, Monday and I'm extremely curious to see how this plays out at, at scale uh, because the team internally already took the tests and, and I, I made some predictions and <laughs> On some I was really wrong and on some I was uh, spot on. Uh, but so far, no one got a perfect, perfect score yet. So um, I'm very curious to see how this works out at scale. And I, I think it's going to be uh, a fun event for everyone who's going to complete the test. It only takes like five, like five minutes, so it, it's super quick. It's not something which is uh, extremely painful or something like that. Um, and I might also do like a Academy <clears throat> VC session where we then, in one week, for example, go over the results of the tests and uh, we discuss what every single question actually means and how you would have to answer it for a perfect score and, and why it is and so on. And I think that's going to be very insightful because a lot of this is centered um, around everyone's individual personality. And by understanding the questions and the answers you provided, you will also see that there's a lot of room for improvements uh, on, a, on a personal level here. And <clears throat> yeah, that doesn't imply that those with a perfect score are perfect human beings because it's not evaluating you as a human, uh, you know, so to speak. It, it's more something which is relating to uh, your overall, um, overall like, success in life. But the insights are extremely, extremely helpful, at least for me personally. I got a lot, lot out of this test. Uh, the first time I took the test was like, I think, two years ago, and I got a minus one. And um, now I'm getting a minus, minus three, and minus three is the, the perfect score. If you get all the questions in, in quotes right, uh, of course, a lot of this is subjective. Um, but if you get all the questions right, you're going to end up with a minus three. Awesome. Uh, I'm just going to have to say that, unfortunately, I'm going to have to love you and leave you all. 
It was a fantastic session. I think all your inputs were amazing. Uh, we we had, I think, a peak of around 112 listeners, which is absolutely fantastic. We really appreciate uh, all the effort you guys are putting into this. Uh, but yeah, love you and leave you all. Thanks a lot for joining in, and uh, I'll see you all soon. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Bye-bye. My pleasure. See you soon. Bye. Oh, damn. Tony, are you still there? Oh, okay. I mean... You mentioned in, in, in the beginning of the AMA, uh, in the beginning of the VC session, now <clears throat> unfortunately he has dropped out already, but what he didn't tell you, uh, or what maybe only the first couple of people who joined heard, is that Scrout has now quit his uh, job to work for VVV full-time. So we are now lucky to have him on board with his full capacity, and I'm very much looking forward to everything which we can achieve together. And you know, what we're building has that exact uh, intent. We want to have something which provides everyone in the community with a lot of upside, but which is also generating jobs for our community members over time. And the first one is going to be Scrout, uh, who is pretty much running everything together with me. And he has proven to be extremely valuable when we first met Inspector, and he has continued to be extremely valuable to me uh, when we started to build up VVV, he was the, the first guy in the server. And to me, he's an extremely trustworthy and qualified individual and highly, highly intelligent. And I'm very much looking forward to continue finding the best possible deals together with him. I mean, he was the guy who identified uh, Snickerdoodle and, and he, you know, he didn't found the, the, the fucking deal like yesterday, right? He found it like, I don't know, like months ago. And only now, with the help of Inferno, he was actually able to get in touch with them and secure an allocation together with us. So, I mean, this guy is super, super intelligent. Uh, intelligent, and um, together with uh, the the tenacity of Inferno and of me, we're going to be able to secure the very best deals possible. Um, okay, so we touched on the shark test. Um, yeah, then now for the Multimint, you guys are going to see an announcement uh, over the course of the next couple of days, like maybe around Wednesday next week. Uh, I will drop the announcement regarding Multimint. You will be able to sign up with your wallets and pr- prove ownership of the different NFTs you're holding. And then you will be, uh, a- then uh, your wallet, which you have submitted, will be accounted for to have multiple mints. Um, and yeah, as a reminder, tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m. PST, and whichever time you're in, uh, we will have the Orki AMA with Niels, the founder of Orki, and we will distribute the 50k location which we secured for VVV uh, live during the AMA. And the way this is going to work is that we will probably drop a, drop a form uh, during the AMA, then you will be able to sign up. And then after the AMA, you will be able to send in the payments and complete uh, your claim, so to speak. Um, and all I can say is that uh, Niels, in my opinion, is one of the most impressive guys I've ever spoken to. He's bordering, uh, you know, in my opinion, he's a he's a really a genius, and he's bordering on having like a similarly impressive personality as, as Steve Jobs. And they are very, very different from their personality, but in terms of uh, intelligence and motivation and 
vision of changing the world, I think they are pretty much on the same level. And I, I cannot wait to see uh, what he is going to pull off with Orki, simply because the possibilities of using the technology in the real world and in the crypto space are, are pretty much endless. And it's about time that someone came up with something that's working better than GPS uh, and something that's working vertically, something that's, that's going to work indoors and that's going to be, and, and that's extremely uh, precise up towards, I think, like, I, I don't know the exact sets, but it's like one centimeter or something like that. So it's extremely, extremely um, improved over any technology that's currently in existence. And that's also the reason why the U.S. government got in touch with him. The U.S. military, uh, I mean, this guy, I think, is going to be one of the biggest shakers and movers uh, in the crypto space going forward. Um, yeah, and then lastly, so one thing which um, where the the response from the poll we ran was not incredible. And that's the Aradina deal. So what I wanted to discuss today with you guys is how much should we actually go for, for Aradina and whether or not we should actually do the deal. The initial response I got when we spoke about it in Spectre was pretty good. It seemed like there were a bunch of people interested in the game. Um, but from our research lab, I got a couple of... Um, yeah, a couple of concerns around them actually being able to deliver uh, what they are promising. And, you know, I'm aware that some of the Aridina team members might even be listening in on the VC session today, as they've uh, listened in recently on the other sessions as well. So, um, yeah, I want to be transparent with everything which we are doing. So we haven't signed anything yet. I told them that we will uh, commit to a 50K allocation. But I also want to be sure that what we eventually commit to is actually in the best interest of the community. So if there are actual underlying concerns of the community, now is the time to raise them. Or, you know, obviously also in the, in the next days after, if you guys are listening to the recording, I would be very appreciative if you guys could go into the Aridina channel and raise your concerns publicly and even tag the Aridina team so they also have an opportunity to address them. My personal impression from the from the founder and from the from the team which they have is uh, extremely good. They, they, the guys are um, tough might be the wrong word, but you know they are. Yeah, I can't find the right word in English now, but they are very um, they are very sure of what they are doing, and and in a, and I mean in a good way, you know. They are they were extremely cautious in the way um, they screened me for the investment, which me in turn makes me more bullish because that means that all the other VCs which they have on board went through a similar process and they were were equally careful in picking the right people. So I am, um, yeah. I'm sorry. There's a, <laughs> a squirrel on my table here because I'm sitting outside. Um, yeah, um, to me, these guys are an extremely solid team. So, you know, uh, I want to hear from you guys what your thoughts about uh, what, what your thoughts are around the Ardina deal, the game itself. I know that we have a couple of people in here who are extremely 
big bag holders of Eridina. So I would also be very appreciative uh, of your input around the concerns some of the people have brought to me. And I want to, I don't want to discuss the, those concerns in the VC session. I think that's better to do in writing. It's better, better to do in, in the presence of the Eridina team because then we can also see how they react to people raising concerns. As, you know, from my experience of uh, Meta Wars, for example, us raising concerns was something that was like almost uh, laughed about. So, I, you know, I want people, I want to invest into deals where the founders and the teams are actually capable of addressing critique and um, potentially, you know, taking it as feedback and then improving the product which they are working on. So, um, yeah, I just want to give you the update. The, the Aridina deal is, is not something which is a, a done deal yet. Um, I, I, t- I took the feedback from the community and from our experts, and I'm uh, looking forward to discuss everything more in the Aridina channel and hopefully uh, come to the right decision for the community. And the right decision might be passing on the deal. You know, I, I'm, I'm not emotionally tied to anything which you're bringing to you. Uh, if you guys don't, don't think it's worthwhile, uh, then we will ditch it and we'll do something else, right? We have uh, more than enough opportunities lined up and I don't want anyone uh, to be um, lured into something which might not be the best deal. So, you know, if you guys feel like uh, we should uh, maybe do a smaller allocation so we only get a few people in or we only get a, you know, a variety of people in with uh, a small uh, allocation size, then we will do that. If you guys feel like the deal is not good enough to even attach, attach our name to it, uh, then we will uh, pass on it completely. Or if you guys feel like we have missed something and this is actually an exceptional opportunity for us as an investment, uh, then I will go back and I will ask for a bigger allocation. So we still have all the opportunities uh, open to us and we will do whatever is right uh, for the community. Now let me double check the talking points for today. Yeah, I think we covered all the different topics. <clears throat> um, let me jump in the general chat here. If there's anything I'm missing. Yeah, I mean, from my side, this is everything for today. I would now open it up again for a couple of questions if you guys have any. Um, and then we can call it a day and we can get ready for the Oculus AMA tomorrow. And maybe <clears throat> to, uh, to end this on a exciting note <clears throat> so i wanted to give away in total 500 bucks worth of snickerdoodle allocations um 200 we already gave away to those speaking in vc so what we will do now is i'm waiting for one more good question via voice and that question is going to get the 100 dollars for snickerdoodle and then we will give away another two times $100 Snickerdoodle allocations for some of the next guys which are posting in our general chat. Let's say um, I will just raffle it amongst the next like 10 or 20 posts in general chat. <clears throat> and I can see everyone is more eager to take the chances in chat than actually <laughs> ask the question in voice. Uh, so I would be appreciative if, like, one guy 
could speak up and ask me something smart so I can give away the last hundred bucks as well. Oh, actually, I got one. Oh, that sounds like a German. Yeah, it is. It is actually from, <laughs> originally from Munich. Ah, cool. Yeah, I, I've been living in Munich the past couple of months as well. All right. Uh, concerning the uh, board members, uh, do you also ex uh, accept the uh, recommendations from the community? Are you still open or do you already have your shortlist for those? Oh, so you're meaning for the community to apply themselves or for, for you want to ask? To refer somebody. Uh, yeah, sure, we are open to this. Uh, the only thing to keep in mind is that we are really going for like really, really big guys. So it has to be someone who, ha who had international success at a very large scale, meaning, you know, it has some... So depending on which position to, we are looking at, but let's say for the legal expert, for the tax expert, it has to be someone who has either worked for a big four accounting firm or for one of the top 10 law firms on the planet, and they have to have at least like 20, 30 years of relevant experience. So if you know someone like that, you know, of, of course, I'm, I'm very much open to uh, introductions or to suggestions. Yes. Okay. I got a CFO level guy with like 20 years of experience in like uh, building investment houses and restructuring them. I'll okay. show you over the profile, then you can, uh, you can check them out and meet them in Munich if convenient. Yeah, amazing, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you will get the $100 uh, Snickerdoodle allocation in return. It was a, a great question, and I really appreciate you uh, offering that uh, to our team. So um, uh, that's a well-earned well allocation. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Vielen Dank. <laughs> All right, and so, I have a follow-up question. Yes. So, um, would it would it be like VVV would become like a public company then? Like, would you would you have to like, um, like you know, uh, show the asset value on a continuous basis and get audited and stuff? Um, I mean, that depends on the avenues which we take going forward. Uh, initially, it's going to be a, a privately held company. Uh, I'm not sure about the, the scrutiny. Uh, how, how, I think it also depends on the place in which we are going to be incorporated regarding how many insights uh, the private, or actually the, the individual shareholders would have. Um, but everything which we do, as I said before, is a full transparency event. So um, <clears throat> the community is always going to have insights into everything which we're doing. But uh, <clears throat> to, yeah, to, ma maybe to answer the question in a in a better way, I so I'm not opposed uh, to go public at some point. Uh, the only thing to keep in mind is that going public um, comes with a lot of burdens as well. First of all, it, it costs a lot of money to go public, and then the upside for the company itself and for the individual shareholders might not be that attractive, depending on how you uh, construct it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I, I just had a personal observation. So I've been like uh, into crypto full time for a year now, and I've tried to, uh, you know, pay for research and try to see who's, who's giving the right information and try to eliminate those people who are like, uh, you know, wrong and then move on to the people who are mostly right. So what I realized is that a lot of people 
were very positive about Luna. And then it, you know, in hindsight, everyone is now saying it was a Ponzi. So it's it's really funny that all these people who are like really experienced still got Luna wrong. And uh, it, it's, it's like very crazy to think about it that like so much people were so wrong. And, you know, there are people from like there's a YC... Uh, y combinator company who put in like 3.5 billion dollars into ust and they lost it so it's it's just incredibly risky and uh i'm i'm just thinking like you know how how do we ensure that even a very experienced person does not like fall uh, to some bias that they might have like you know some bias or a blind spot as such well the main thing, which I'm always uh, reiterating in, in, in our chat as well, is we do not want to fall in love with any single deal. And those guys which you just mentioned who lost uh, 3 million bucks, you know, I hope these guys had another 13 million bucks spread across other bets. And you know, that's the thing about not keeping all the eggs in one basket where you know, it goes hand in hand with not falling in love with one thing and then going all out just because you personally love it, right? And if you look at the, you know, maybe a good uh, benchmark is if you look at my uh, personal investments. So I put in 5K in Orki and, you know, I absolutely love, I absolutely love the project, right? And I would have been tempted to put in 10K or even more and the same for Snigodoodle and the same for Godzilla. I, I love those projects and I think these have the potential of enormous upside, but I'm still capping myself at, at that 5K limit where I'm not going to put in more than that. No matter how much I love the, the fucking project, you know, maybe, and, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe on Snigodoodle, you know, maybe I'm going to put in a, another 5K, maybe. I'm I'm very well aware that I'm going to make this bet with my own money. You know, I'm not going to raise the limits for everyone else. I'm not going to allow other people to gamble more than what they are. Um, you know, what they potentially can afford to lose. So, if I make those exceptions to my own rules, then I don't make those exceptions with the hope of this being a sure thing. I make that bet with the awareness that those five k, I look at at them as as lost money, you know, I'm not looking at them as my retirement fund. This is to me, this is just a, a bet uh, on a, a disproportionate upside. And um, now, regarding um, you know the potential failure of the hedge fund, if um, you know we would be placing the wrong bets and so on, the the only way, you know, in my, and obviously this is a very biased point of view. But the only way what we do can fail is if the blockchain itself is just a fucking fad, if it's just a trend. And, you know, if that's something which you think is a possibility, then you will have to be extremely, extremely cautious with, with the investments which you make and with your potential um, funds which you might be distributing to the hedge fund, right? But as long as the blockchain itself is not going to uh, key is desisting, I don't see us failing. Because even if some of the investments don't work out, the way which we, in which we decide in which projects to invest is to a very large degree based 
on the structure which is already in place and the capability of the founder and the core team itself. And if you look at successful VC, um, uh, uh, if you look at uh, successful individual venture capitalists, um, you will see that they have been successful because they bet on the right people. And this is something which we spoke about with, um, I think with the CEO of NFTFI, where he was talking about the founder's maze. And, you know, a couple of times when we had some early investments, people were asking about the token utility and the tokenomics. And sometimes these things might not even be clear yet. Like in the case of Legends of Anary, they didn't even have the token and they didn't even have the, the soft agreement ready yet, right? So all we got, uh, and, you know, it's, it's the wrong fa the wrong terminology because we, we actually got a lot from them and it was a super good deal. But what we got from them was only an equity deal with a token warrant. And then people were asking, hey, I need more information about the, to the token before I can make that investment. And this is something which you need to understand is that we do not make the investments based on, you know, we don't make the investments solely what's based in a written agreement. We make the investment based on our personal impression on whether or not the founder will make the right decisions going forward. Because no matter what's written in that agreement, they can always go back and fuck you and change the, change the agreement. That, that's not a problem at all. And the soft agreement, to a big extent, is also including signing your rights away for um, getting your money back or making, uh, you know, making any changes or, um, to what they are changing. So you know, in order for you to be able to actually confidently uh, sign one of those agreements, you have to have a, a lot of conviction into the founder or into the founding team continuously making the right decisions. So a lot of the success is going to be based on us being capable of making bets on the right people. And to me, that's the, let me start the sentence differently. Um, this is also the reason why the AMAs with those individual projects have such, a, um, such an importance to me because I don't want you guys to invest into NFTFI. I don't want you guys to invest into Orkiverse before you actually have heard these guys talk and before you guys actually had an opportunity yourselves to evaluate whether they are only just bullshitting us or if they're actually intending to build something groundbreaking. And, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's impossible to always make the right decision. It's impossible to always be right with every decision you make in terms of investment. Um, but at least if you guys have heard someone speak about their own project and you guys had our research reports and you guys have our point of view and so on, you have a lot of input and now you have the, ab the ability to make a decision based on like plain vanilla information which you have, but you also have the um, maybe more subjective feel, the gut feel, which you get from hearing that founder talk. And I think that should give you hopefully enough uh, information and insights for you to make a good investment decision. And everything around the VC side, which we are currently building and which we're currently running, all that is, is 
based on you guys taking on respons responsibility for the deals you actually are participating in. And I'm going to, you know, partially take responsibility on as well, where I'm going to limit you in how much you can actually put in because I don't want people to overextend themselves. Um, but a lot of this is also based around you becoming good investors, right? And you can only become a good investor if you get enough insights. And I think much more important than looking at the tokenomics and what's written in an agreement or the vesting schedules and so on, it's way more important to hear the team talk. It's way more important to make sure that the most critical questions are made heard and being addressed by those founders and to put them on the hot seat and see if these guys are going to get uncomfortable when we ask more difficult questions. And I think what you will see tomorrow is no matter what you ask Niels, you know, he knows his shit. I mean, there's, there's just no way possible to make this guy uncomfortable because he has 100% conviction in what he's building. And, you know, I can see that the guy is extremely gifted. He's a genius. And maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe I'm wrong regarding his personality. Maybe the guy, you know, maybe he's going to do something stupid along the way, which is going to ruin the entire project, right? It's a possibility because he's a, a very interesting character, which you might not be able to predict what kind of decisions he's making going forward. But I also think that there's like a pretty big likelihood of this guy becoming um, disproportionately successful in what he's doing. And, you know, I feel, I feel good losing a thousand bucks if I had the opportunity to potentially have a, a small share in the next Apple, so to speak. Right? It's all about whether or not something was actually worth the risk. And, um, you know, you won't see me bringing you any deals which I'm not 100% convicted about. And, and you will also see if, if I'm not, so let, let's say we would do the Eredina deal, for example, right? I know that there's a different scope for a game than for something like Snickerdoodle or for something like Noddle. So I'm aware of the difference in upside which you have in the uh, medium and long run. So you will also see that the money I put in is different than the money I put into a Snickerdoodle or an Orcubus, for example. So on Aridina, you know, I, I might only put in a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks, simply because I can see the current market. I can see that it's, and, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way. It, it's just a game. It's not just going to change the world. So my own investment behavior is also going to change. And I think the biggest part, which is going to make the, the hedge fund successful, is not you know not just the financial advice which, which we are getting um, from our board of directors and you know from third parties like our uh, you know accounting firms and so on or crypto partners which you're going to have it's it's not that which is going to make us successful at the end of the day everything is going to boil down to me and the team and the community making the right choices in terms of personalities in which we work with and the personalities uh, in which we invest in. And these are then either the founders of those projects, these are either going to be the board directors, these are going to be the engaging part, uh, the engagement partners of the legal firm, the accounting firm, and all the other partners which we are going to have. At the end of the day, everything always boils down to personal relationships. If you bet on the wrong people, we always end up getting fucked. But if you bet on the right people, even if things go wrong, you have a very high likelihood of 
you know, more times than not of things going right. And this was a very long-winded answer, so please uh, let me know if um, if I actually uh, answered the question. Yeah, it's it certainly certainly answered the question. Yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, risk management, risk management is like key. I think you you have it nailed down, and I think like uh, you know, knowing the team and investing on the team. I think ex excellent excellent answer. Thank you, thank you. And, and, you know, Teclas has just mentioned something <clears throat> and, you know, maybe you notice from some of the other, um, uh, some of the things which might have caused friction with other communities in the past, you know, I'm not going to be afraid of saying that something is a, sh is a shit project, right? If, if we have something on the table, which someone presents to us, I mean, I'm going to be upfront with you. And I'm going to tell you if something is good or not, right? And Teclas has just mentioned ESTN. And, you know, I know, I know as, it, as, it, as if it was yesterday, I told the community, do not do the fucking second AMA with ESTN because all they do is pitch their fucking product and they're trying to get liquidity out of the community. And I even said this before the very first AMA that I don't like them. I don't understand what they're wanting to build. I don't see how it's benefiting the community. I told everyone this is not a project which I'm interested in because I was in the very first call with, with the team of them, right? And, you know, the community had, uh, you know, some people who made the decisions at the time had different, had different, uh, um, uh, different opinions on this and, you know, did it differently. But I think, you know, at this point, everyone can agree that this was not something which was you know, in the best interest of the community. And the same thing for, you know, even for things which I know a lot of people are bullish about, uh, you know, I spoke to, to the guys from Wilder Worlds and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like them. You know, I will be honest. To me, I don't like them at all. I, I think it's a, maybe, yeah, scam is the wrong word, but it's, you know, to me, it's a not good, right? Then we have... Meta Wars, which is a complete, in my opinion, a complete scam and absolute bullshit project. Um, then we have Meta Goons, which we also spoke to, which I don't like at all. I think these guys have no idea what they're actually doing. I think they have enough, they know enough to use buzzwords in an efficient way to attract a lot of people who don't know a lot about the crypto space and they will get a lot of money raised. But I, I would be stunned if they can actually pull like anything off because you know, at least the guys I spoke to like were not very convincing and gave me like scammy, very off-putting vibes. So you know, it's not like you guys always you know obviously you guys see all the deals which we bring to you and you know all the good stuff. <laughs> but trust me, I had so many awful calls with people who you know after five minutes I know that they are either straight out lying or they don't know anything. Or, you know, they're just looking to get their pockets filled. And, you know, I can tell you a couple of things about a couple of people where, you know, I think a lot of your worldview in the crypto space is going to change because a lot of the, th a lot of the guys, maybe not a lot, but, you know, some of the guys you're looking up to, some of the communities you might be involved in, you know, I have a very good gut feeling that a lot of things are going to go wrong and a lot of people are lying and a lot of people are not going to deliver. And... Yeah, so far, you know, I, I've 
I've been right most of the times, and I don't, you know, especially around, you know, the negative aspects. I don't enjoy being right about something failing. I don't enjoy being right about people not being honest. Um, but I have a pretty damn good feeling uh, for a lot of things, and you know, you might see this with the team which we have built today, with Scrout and with Inferno. You know, I've seen these guys perform. I have a lot of conviction into them delivering and benefiting our project. And, you know, when we talk about Spectre, for example, you know, I, I wasn't wrong about any of those people, right? Uh, you know, Felix is an incredibly honest guy. He's never going to do anyone wrong. And the same for Andres. You know, this is a guy, you know, you can trust your life with, and he's going to stay loyal to you. And, you know, that's the reason why I started to work with these guys, because I know these are honest people. And I had a gut feeling that these guys will do the right things at the right time. And at some point, we have grown apart in terms of the, the types of leadership we want to see and so on. But, you know, still, these guys are top guys. And none of them have let me down in any way, uh, shape, man, or form. You know, still the initial feeling I had, you know, was right. And um, I think that's really, really uh, important to develop over time. You know, I, I didn't. You know, this is not something which you're born with. Um, this is something which you learn over time. And this is also something which goes back to the academy which we have, where I think it's critical for everyone to understand this because especially once you start making money, you will be hard-pressed to hold on to that money if you only did it once. If you're not able to repeat your success, then you will have an extremely tough time. And if you haven't learned how to avoid getting lured in by people with ill intentions, your money and you <laughs> will soon be uh, apart from each other. You know, it, it's, uh, it's not as easy as just making a million bucks on one investment and then, then you're set for life. You know, it's, uh, there's way more to, uh, to that uh, than just the one-time success, you know, out of randomness. It, it's way, way better um, to to learn how to be successful and then everything else is going to follow regardless of your chances of uh, a one-time investment into something. And so, you know, because someone is just hinting at uh, Alex Becker, for example, um, you know, to me, I have an exceptional amount of respect for Alex. Uh, and he is not, his personality is not too dissimilar from the personalities which we have on the team. He, he might be, you know, there, there might be things where we have different viewpoints on you know, maybe, yeah, I, I don't want to go, go into specifics because I, want, I don't want to talk about anyone negatively. But, you know, I think he's a guy who can deliver and who has delivered in the past. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do in the future, but betting on him with, with buying a Neo Tokyo NFT, I think, was a good bet. You know, it it might go wrong. It might turn out to you know to go downhill at some point. But I think it was a a reasonable bet to take. You know, was it worth to buy in at a hundred ETH floor price? Well, I don't know. But um, taking the bet on Alex as a as a person of you know getting into Neo Tokyo, becoming a part of the community, I think that that was a worthwhile worthwhile bet to take because the guy has been successful in the past. He has all the attributes a good leader needs to have, and you know there's a very high likelihood of him. Uh, turning things around and you know making Neo Tokyo as successful as he he set it out to be, so you know 
I, I can't speak for whether or not he's an honest guy. I don't know him that well. I, I never spoke to the guy. Um, all I can see is that he has the traits of a good leader and what he makes with it, uh, you know, that's up to him. All right, guys, uh, that's it from my side. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow on the Orcubus AMA. And then we will have uh, a lot more exciting stuff lined up for you um, to keep you excited and to keep this community growing and to make sure that we surround ourselves with more and more winners and that we will make VVV uh, the most successful VC in crypto space and in the future the most successful crypto fund on the planet. Thank you very much and um, hopefully we see most of you tomorrow. Otherwise, we're going to have another set. This recording has been prepared by VVV. The recording is made available by VVV and is for information purposes only. This recording should not be considered as an offer or solicitation to sell, buy, or subscribe to any financial instruments or product, securities, or any other derivative instrument or any other rights pertaining thereto. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future value or price of any instruments referred to in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers or employees, do not accept any liability for any loss arriving from the use of the information. The information contained therein, including any expressions of opinion, have been obtained from or is based on sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy or completeness is not guaranteed and is subject to change without notice. Any expressions of opinions reflect the views of the speakers and are not necessarily those of VVV and are subject to change without notice. Any decisions made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not be influenced or based or any view expressed by VVV in this recording or otherwise. This recording does not address all risks. This recording does not institute investment advice or a recommendation that has been prepared without regard to individual financial circumstances, objectives or particular needs of listeners. Listeners should seek their own financial, tax, legal, regulatory and other advice regarding the appropriateness or otherwise of investing in any instruments and or pursuing any investment strategies.